Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This week on the Big Nose Podcast, we are back for season three and we are setting the foundations nice and strong this week with a guest who has just finished her own self-build, that is Laura from Conversion to Cottage on Instagram. In a time of high land prices and high house prices, I thought I'd catch up with someone who had just finished her own self-build. This week, Laura explains to me what it finally feels like to move into your own self-build. It doesn't really feel like it's, it doesn't feel real and it doesn't kind of feel like it's yours. It's kind of like we're staying, staying in a nice Airbnb for a few <laughs> weeks, like, and you know, someone's gonna come in and chirp us out, like. Well, of course, not everything went to plan and Laura shares with me how things can sometimes go very badly wrong. The guys were digging for the foundations and obviously they have their measurements and I get a phone call saying that this wall isn't the same dimensions as it is on the drawing. Laura describes to me what she got up to when she was on site with some of the local contractors. There I was on the day they were being poured, me and all these fellas on the site. Um, and there's me with my holy water and my coins like and trying <laughs> trying to fling them in and not let anybody see me. To me, one of the best things about a self-build is that you can have all the mod cons you'd like. Some of these even had drawn the safety concerns of her own father. Obviously he's seen me use it but he was like, now he said is there a child lock on this? <laughs> it's like um, a cow paw lid. I have to squeeze it a certain way. But do you know it's it's not it's it's not um unlike that. Welcome to the Big Nose Podcast. So, are you crazy? Looking back, I know it's the very start of the podcast, but looking back now sitting here with your, your tea time express here in front of us <laughs> and the cups of tea. Now that I'm in the house, I'll say no, but I think maybe during the build, uh, yeah, there were some tough times that we thought like, yeah, are we mad? Like, why are we doing this? But I suppose once we started, we kind of had to see it through, so... We can kind of enjoy it and we have our own space. It's uh, You kind of forget about the, the tough times. Oh, so the, the, the bad memory will banish to the back, well, of, the, yeah, the yeah. back of the brain somewhere. Yeah. For, for they're, they're still there, but they're fading away. Like an old sore. Yeah. In terms of building, I wanted to chat to you because there's lots of people out there. You know what the market's like. Yeah. They're in a position where you know it's very difficult to buy. How did you come to the decision to build this beautiful place? You know, Against the possibility, obviously, if you wanted to, you could probably have gone and bought somewhere, but to build versus buy, why, why, what was the decision and how did you come to that? I think it was about four years ago and we were going to buy a house um, in an estate just down the road and we were about 10k short and my parents offered to give us the 10k and we were like, oh no, we can't like because, you know, taking out a mortgage and then having to pay somebody else back as well. Um, and then my dad just suggested he said well why don't you turn the shed into a house so simple as that simple just as that just turn the shed yeah. no dad's a great I'll just turn a couple of, yeah. bit of wood a bit of concrete build. yeah well that's that's kind of what I think he was thinking a bit um, a bit smaller now the house is by no means big but I think he was thinking a bit smaller maybe keep within the footprint of the shed but we you know once we looked at it and got an architect involved and I suppose thinking long term, like once you once you start doing this, you may as well plan for you know at least ten years down the road. I suppose. So yeah, we ended up with a three bedroom bungalow with the possibility to go into the attic, do a conversion, 
Um, so maybe that'll be my next Instagram page, Addict Conversion. <laughs> Addict Conversion, yeah. linking it into the Dharma bundle. Exactly, exactly. But in terms of like, you could, okay, you were you were fortunate enough to, you know, your parents to suggest that idea. But yeah. How long were you playing around with the idea of actually buying? Was it something that you always thought you'd do? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, you know, when myself and Shane got together first, like two of us were very good at saving you know yeah. putting money away every month and I, I suppose that was probably the end goal like that you know we'd buy a house like you know that's what everybody does and we did rent for a while as well actually in between starting the build process or the planning process I should say yeah. and then actually starting the build because you know yourself you need to get out of your parents house yeah. at some stage building is something that some few people think of yeah. initially when you're starting yeah. off in a couple or you yeah. know you're, you're going out and you're trying to get a few bob yeah. together it's yeah. not always about um, buy, i'm saving to build no no i think uh, like it obviously depends on where you're from like if you're from a background where maybe your parents have land or maybe you're in a more rural setting and you know that land is easy to come by where we are we're kind of in the middle of a village like our site is very small it's very tight like you know you've seen it you're here you know yourself that's what's kind of so special about the location that you ultimately built you could have obviously as well gone somewhere else and built yeah you chose to use as you said the dad shed yeah yeah and i suppose if you you could tell people what was here before because obviously when this podcast we will have a few images okay (laughs) can you probably paint a picture of what was here beforehand yeah so i suppose it was just a stone shed it was kind of falling apart. My dad just used it as as a garden shed, his storage. Like he's a builder, he didn't build the house. But <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of falling apart. And also, we're in a special area of conservation, and my parents' house is a protected structure, which meant that because the shed was within the curtilage of their lands, it was a protected structure. So there was a lot of hoops we had to jump through. But I think, it, like ultimately now, like looking at what we have. It made it all more special, you know, we could incorporate the stone from the shed into what's now our house, like, and I think that's, that's really special, like, it's some, this shed is something I've always grown up with, and actually my dad grew up in this house, so he went before the demolition of the shed, or partial demolition of the shed, you know, he was telling me all the stories about him and his granddad, and, you know, um, it's tangible history. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's really nice, like, and You'll, you'll notice when you came in the front door, we have some of the stone just inside the front door. And yeah, that wasn't yeah. part of the original plan. It's something I kind of added in as we went along because I thought we were putting so much effort into keeping this stone that, you know, we should have a bit of it inside to look at. And, you know, I think that's another yeah, kind of special feature. That's a nice touch. It greets you, even myself, when you come in, it greets you. It's yeah. Of, it's bringing the outside in, but it's yeah. not just that. It's the facade of the building. It's also a part and character yeah. of the building. Exactly. So you got the location. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, sometimes the most difficult part. Yeah. But and there's lots to follow. Oh, God, But there's, yeah. there's listeners out there that might be in the, in the same boat. They might have a little plot of land. They might be fortunate enough that there's parents or there's, there's family with a bit of land. Yeah. Once you have the location, can you explain maybe to the listeners that what are the next steps in terms of what you and Shane had to go through? First of all, we had to find an architect. And as I said, we're in a special area of conservation. We're dealing with protected structures. So we chose to go with a conservation architect. Right. Um, they're not too easy to come by either, but um, we found someone that we liked. So it, it all basically starts with him coming out, doing a site survey, telling them kind of what you want out of your build. You want 
three bedroom, four bedroom, done yeah. two story, done bungalow, done dormer bungalow. Um, and then it's just a lot of back and forth then with plans. That's, you know, that's the main thing. And then once you decide on something, it's just, it, I make it sound really simple. It's not that simple. It was a lot of back and forth. In terms to, of what? Was it design? Was it Yeah, it was design and consultation with the council like I said, because of the protected structure, we had to deal with the conservation architect in the council. So she wouldn't let us have a two-storey house. Um, then we tried to go dormer bungalow, but she thought the pitch of the roof was still too high. So we just had to go with a bungalow. And that's why, you know, it's kind of as small as it is. It's a, a three-bed bungalow. But as I said, we do have enough headspace in the attic to yeah. hopefully convert one day. But... Yeah, so it's it was a long it was a long enough process with that back and forth. Like probably it would probably would be more straightforward if you just had a greenfield site. And was it surprising in terms of what exactly you had to go through? I'm sure you've done a Google search and planning a house, and you know yeah. what route you would have to go through. But was it surprising the it, actual red tape? It was. I think I I think this this conservation architect in the council was just a bit of a stickler. Um, I think we we're just a bit unfortunate. Now our architect did warn us that. The process would take a long time, but I think it was just a little bit longer. You know, once you kind of start the process and you think, oh, great, like we're going to be able to build a house, you do get a bit impatient and you're like, I just want it built now. It's like when the cake is in the oven and you just I want know, to have a spoon. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it was, it was kind of tough. I think we first engaged with our architect in November 2017. Wow. And we got, we didn't get our final grant of planning until June 2019. So yeah, but it's just over two and a half years. For someone who, and myself included, who, who wouldn't know much about all this, and obviously you've gone through it, there's a tendering process yeah. as well that you have to go through. Obviously yourself and Shane have ideas of what you'd like to be able to bring into the house. Yeah. Is that kind of, you know, hard to go through in terms of what your expectation is with the, maybe the architecture design plans going from what you expect them to be to the reality of the size of which you have to work in? Yeah, like even now we're in the kitchen, like I would have, love to have a much bigger kind of open plan kitchen living dining now we do have a kitchen living dining we have a dining table we have a sofa we have our kitchen in the one room but you know the picture in my head would have been a lot bigger but look we can't have everything we want i suppose and that's and especially with the location we have you know you have to make some sort of sacrifice and in terms of obviously you have to put the plan permission on a stake outside the residence and i don't want to get you into any trouble with your (laughs) very happy neighbours I'm sure <laughs> yeah. but was there much in terms of re- uh, objections rejections to the plan you had for in place there was no objections there was an observation from okay. the neighbour on the other side not my parents thankfully <laughs> <laughs> and it was just about the sight lines so we our side is a little bit higher than theirs and okay. they are two stories so our doors right here that you can see i don't want to point over but it's okay um, we're, on, we're, we're not on camera i know i know <laughs> um just about kind of looking into their uh, bedroom window yeah. yeah so that was one of the planning conditions that we have to put in uh, mature hedging along the boundary line just to kind of screen that off but that was it that was the only thing but um, grand scheme of things i imagine yeah. you know and it's a it's a, an observation that sitting here me and you having that is something that if i was in that house yeah maybe it's something that you, yeah. you, you would and that's and that's fair enough yeah we, we, we don't think it's unfair no so after all that yeah <laughs> it seems like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pressure 
and a lot of stress and a lot of strain. But you, you, you get to the day where you pick up the phone and, and you get the call and it's a, it's a go. Yeah. I suppose, what's that feeling like, you know, after everything you've gone through, the back and forth with the council, architect, whatever it is, and you say, okay, good to go. Yeah. Bank's approved, money's there. It's, yeah, it's a great feeling. But again, we started... We started to build in 2020. God, I've lost track of time now with COVID. But, you know, we were delayed. Our start date was delayed. We started at the end of July in 2020 when I think the builder was supposed to start in May. But due to COVID and other shutdowns, yeah. you know, he was delayed on his other sites and whatever else. So, but yeah, so it was kind of just like a waiting game, just dying for it to, to start. Like, so yeah, definitely the first day on, on site here was, was an exciting one, yeah. And in terms of... When did the reality set in? I don't know, and it's it's strange, like because I think because the process goes on for so long and you're so involved in it, yeah. and then when you move in, you're kind of like it doesn't really feel like it's it doesn't feel real and doesn't kind of feel like it's yours. It's kind of like we're staying staying in a nice Airbnb for a few <laughs> weeks, like, and you know someone's gonna come in and turf us out, like, but. I don't know. I think because we were, you know, we were coming and going and, and checking on the progress. Um, and I had my dad next door as kind of our unofficial project manager, <laughs> keeping an eye on things as well, sending photos, um, which is great because we were living about 40 minutes away from the site. Right. So it definitely helped having having that um, insight into what was going on when we couldn't make it up every, you know, every day or even every week. So, um, but yeah, I don't think there was one kind of particular point that we said... God, like this is this is kind of it. Like, yeah, maybe it'll start to sink in now that yeah, we're living here. It yeah, still, it's still very fresh. You can still smell the newness. As yeah, you walk, walk through the doors. <laughs> then the work begins. People will start to arrive on site, and you know, maybe you can talk through what what it is like to you know. I'm sure you're getting phone calls every week. You know, what's the decision on this? Yeah, I'm sure along the way, of course, there are surprises and maybe some hard decisions yourself and Shane possibly mm. disagreeing on certain things. Are there any <laughs> funny stories? Um, no, I do. I do remember the day they were pouring the foundations, and I was here on my own I was just working next door in my parents house and you know everybody says like you should always have a good luck charm in your foundations really? yeah so yeah a lot of people will put either holy water or you know a horseshoe or money and apparently money if you put a coin at each door it means like the, the money is kind of kept good fortune is kind of kept in the house Nice. I don't know how true it is so there I was on the day they were being poured me and all these fellas on the site um and there's me with my holy water and my coins like and trying <laughs> trying to fling them in and not let anybody see me um, concrete wasn't certain she's throwing holy water. i know i know and I, I i was just throwing them in at each door like i think the lads were going around you could just see i hope i was hoping the coin would just sink but they kind of just sat on the top like so Glistening they all kind of saw me and it was like what's I'm going on here <laughs> maybe they time. maybe it's all gone maybe that's why i have no money <laughs> so there was no unforeseen, really. Yeah, there. Okay, there was one kind of big one. So exclusive. Yeah, as I said at the at the start, you know, when you're starting off the process and you, you get an architect, the architect comes out and he does a site survey. So with us, we had an existing structure on the site. Yeah. Um. Dad said. Dad said. So three walls of that came down. One stayed. The gable wall stayed, and. The guys were digging for the foundations and obviously they have their measurements and I get a phone call saying that this wall isn't the same dimensions as it is on the drawing, like the existing wall. And I was like, 
what do you mean like that's the wall is there the wall, like there. and he's like yeah it. i'm he was like i'm measuring it and it's not the same size as it says uh yeah <laughs> so the architect had it down as being bigger so there was a big kind of hullabaloo of this now i had to ring the architect and he had to come out and double check it so there was a bit of a delay with that and having to amend the drawings and kind of get everything i suppose reorganized so that they knew exactly what they were doing. Because it would have a knock-on effect on yeah. everything because yeah. the wall isn't the same height, the roof isn't the same height. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so, so it kind of made our rooms a little bit smaller as well, a little bit narrower than we had originally anticipated. So, yeah, that was a kind of a bitter pill to swallow at that time. Like when and, and all this feeds into, you know, your work as well. We were in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And the coping mechanisms that you probably previously could use you weren't able to use maybe going to the gym going for a yeah. walk outside your 5k on an individual level or as a couple in terms of managing that how did you just do that bottle of wine probably <laughs> like a lot of people did um i don't know thinking back like i and even the architect commented on it he was like he said thanks for being calm about this yeah and thinking back now it was probably just shock i probably just didn't want to think that it was actually happening that we were having this problem yeah um and yeah i, I probably just kind of let it go over my head and which isn't like me because i tend to overthink everything you do. um so <laughs> um yeah i think i just and we were a bit detached as i said we were living about 40 minutes away from the site so yeah. um i think if we were here at that moment maybe i would have kind of freaked out a little bit more but yeah we were a bit bit more detached so maybe that did help in ways one great idea that you had about all of this was documenting it you know oh, and, yeah <laughs> and you know it's something that i actually didn't realize people did it's, yeah. it's a big thing it's on, a massive community yeah, yeah, it's a, it's which is and you know what from what i've seen you share on on the conversion to college you obviously have a community and you tap, tap into some of the posts yeah. and you see what other people have done yeah. So, in terms of documenting, why did you do it? I think during our planning process, you know, I was kind of online and on Pinterest and, you know, taking screenshots of even just interiors and things that I liked. And yeah. So then I was on Instagram and I, I must have just stumbled across a page and then that kind of, you know, it snowballed one into the other. So I was following all these pages on my personal page and then you know kind of looking at what they were posting and some of them were just they hadn't even started building but they were just posting inspiration and you know um just things they liked um so yeah i just i don't know i just started up like i don't think i told anybody at the start um i wasn't really posting much myself but it was more so just to engage with other pages and just get inspiration and advice and even when we started building you know there was just questions you can ask these people because you do get quite friendly with them you know you have your little insta friends and um there's a few pages that i'll go to um for advice and it's just kind of a really nice place to share these things and because your friends might not necessarily be interested you know maybe they're at a different stage or, or maybe, maybe they're, they're just they're sick of hearing you talk well about maybe that's it you know you know better go find some friends who are doing the same so we can all share exactly exactly and actually oddly enough a friend of mine lana she built her house it must be about eight years ago now and another friend Sinead, she finished her build last year yeah. so it it was actually quite quite odd like the three of us building together so obviously they were two people that I could get a lot of advice from as well. Course, yeah. Um and 
I think because they had been through it, they understood it. So they're kind of two of my biggest supporters. And, and just saying, get much input into the into page, or you leave you to it. Oh, he kind of leaves me to it. I think I do have both our names on the page, but I probably should just remove them at this <laughs> stage. <laughs> that and the, and the deeds. Um, and in terms of the, obviously it's a great thing to do and you know you obviously use it as a great outlet is there any ones out there like, there was anybody listening in who might want to follow yours is there any other pages that you think are worth having a look at if you're interested in building yourself oh god you see I think it depends also on what what kind of house you're building as True, well yeah. there was one uh, page in particular a couple and a cottage and they had a similar situation to ours it was an existing cottage yeah. and they kind of extended it and it was similar size to ours as well because you will get a lot of these pages and you know they might have a, a huge site in the middle of nowhere and they build these massive beautiful houses and you kind of feel like you can't relate but there's but there's loads of them I love Pebble Beach House now her, her house is finished and it's all interiors and it's beautiful it's gorgeous um but and some of them aren't even uh, self builds; it could be new builds as yeah. well. But like you're following those journeys, Jess and Carol home, and there's uh, a wandering home. She's actually in North County Dublin as well, and they're just they're really nice. You get loads of inspiration, yeah. and you know sometimes you need, especially when you're going through your yeah, own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you, like you see something on their page, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna steal that. So, <laughs> I'm gonna buy that. Where'd you get? I'm that? not gonna take a photograph of it because you'll know where I got the exactly, idea. Exactly, exactly. Oh, you kind of just have to tell them. You're like, yep, if you see that on my page now, you know I got that from yeah, you. You're, you're, you're a part of my new house. Exactly. In terms of the build itself, you know, it's it's going from just maybe, in your case, uh, an old shed yeah. into foundations, external walls, existing walls, to forming rooms. Maybe you could talk through how that works. Um, I think every stage was so different. Um, and even somebody was here the other day and I think... Or maybe it was you and you were here when it was just plastered and obviously you know when plaster is drying out it's just this dirty grey colour and makes everything look real dark and we had plastered I think maybe in February or March so you know it wasn't the nicest time of year not that no. much daylight so yeah it's, it's looking grim yeah. like so um, I think when we first uh, we painted the place ourselves and I think it was only when we painted it that we kind of realised Jesus like there's you know there's a decent bit of space in here like yeah. but yeah every stage I think every stage nearly makes the place look smaller and people did say that to me like you know when you have just the walls going up you're like oh wow and then when the walls get plastered and then the ceilings go on and you know it makes it, yeah know. it's closing in and makes everything feel smaller but I think it was really just when we painted the whole place white that you know you, you can really appreciate the space I yeah. suppose there's a dirty word that we need to mention. Oh, no. Dirty C word. Oh no. Yeah, and it was probably one of the biggest downs, the COVID, the yeah. COVID impact on the build and Now we were really lucky, like we only suffered from one of the shutdowns, but it was unfortunately the longest shutdown that the construction industry had. And I think that was just really tough. It was the not knowing when they were gonna open back up again. I remember emailing um Dara O'Brien, the housing minister, because he's in our constituency. So I thought, you know, maybe he can pull a few strings for us. I was wrong. But, you know, he was saying, oh, yeah, I'm confident that we'll reopen in eight or in March. And then obviously the announcement came in March and they never reopened. And uh, I think it was still another 
God, I can't remember how many weeks after that, but it just felt so long. And when you're that close to the end, you I just... Think it was nearly your May, wasn't it? Yeah, you just want to be finished. Yeah, I think that was probably the toughest part was just that waiting. If you knew, like, if you if you thought, like, right, okay, the 1st of May, we're going to be reopened, that's grand. You can plan for it. But, yeah, I think just not knowing, and that was, it was really tough, yeah. And after that, obviously, the industry opened up again. The end was finally in sight. COVID was kind of, you know, waning away and the restart building began to restart. Maybe you want to talk through what it was like to decorate the place. You know, there's a lot of painting errors, I presume, have to go into it. And painting white, I can't imagine, is the nicest colour to be painting with, maybe. Um, so did you enjoy that part of it? We didn't do any of the, the house building ourselves. Like it's, yeah. you know, it wasn't direct labour. We had a contractor. Yeah. And even the painting was one thing we said, like, look, we've no experience. We're not going to do it. But at this point, uh, we were waiting for our ESB connection. And oh, that was taking a long time. Um, we were very unfortunate with how long that took. And obviously, the builder couldn't do anything until, until the heat came on. So we just said, right, well, look, but we're at a standstill here we may as well just paint the place ourselves but yeah like look i'm i'm kind of happy that we got to do something yeah. um i don't think i do painting again really? <laughs> no it's it is really tough we just did two coats of white like as you can see our woodwork and everything still needs to be done so i think we'll just get somebody in to do a final coat and it, it'll be white because i after deciding on everything else i don't think i'd be able to decide on paint colors really? right now yeah really <laughs> it's one step too far <laughs> <laughs> i suppose one of the big things if you're getting a house buying a house building a house is the receiving of the keys and you have a beautiful door and um, but what was the emotions that day for yourself saying you know finally this is it we got the keys to the house yeah it's it's weird because the two cliched you see i think if you're just buying a house and the day you get the keys when you just buy a house is the day you can essentially move in. Yeah. But the day you're on a self-build when the doors and the windows go in, it's not the day you can move in. So it's kind of a bit of an anticlimax. Really? Now you're really like we took the day off, we were really excited to see the windows and doors. Popped a few and popped a few bubbles, I'd say that night, yeah. And <laughs> uh even got the builder to take a few boomerangs of us at the front door. I don't think he knew <laughs> what was going on. I know, on yeah. Give that back to me. Um, but, you know, they kind of hand you the keys and then you kind of have to hand the builder back a set of keys because he's going to be the one here more than you. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not it's not really the same, you know, as, it, as if you're going through the process, buying the house, and then the day you get the keys is the day it's yours and you can do whatever you want with it but yeah no it wasn't that case for us like so yeah it's it's definitely not one of the biggest days i think the biggest day in terms of like milestones is probably getting the electricity i think that was massive really? yeah and it actually happened the day of shane's 30th birthday so we had a little bit of a celebration in the house with balloons and all sorts and be a Flicking the lights on and off, you know. Oh, electricity. Electricity, Very I know. I know, yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the most important things to have in the house. Exactly. Building your own house, if you do it yourself, everything is special. You know, how many bedrooms do you have? You've bought three. Three. And yeah. There's a special room down by the master bedroom, I suppose. Oh, my wardrobe. <laughs> well, I tell you something, folks. <laughs> If I if I'm ever moving in with my good wife, she will not be getting a wardrobe that size. She can do with fitted wardrobes at the end of the bed. How big is this? Come on now, be honest. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. It's well, you probably could swing a candle, but uh, 
it's not that big but one of the days actually it was last last weekend uh, my auntie was over and she hadn't seen the house finished so I was giving her a bit of a walk through and uh, she went into the wardrobe and she was like geez she said my box room is smaller than this and it is, <laughs> no know. it's not it's Absolutely. not it's not it's not that big I've seen bigger wardrobes in people's houses and look I have to share a wardrobe with Shane. Like, think about how tough that is. Some people have separate wardrobes. Now, that's the dream. In terms of the design, is there any special features that you went through? Is there underfloor heating or is there, you know... Yeah, underfloor heating. We've, um... and what's that like? Yeah, from a guy who grew up in Kulak with a uh, coal fire in the, in the front room. Oh, yeah, sure. Must be, I know, know, sure. My parents are the same. Um, it's actually, do you know, the nicest part is actually not having radiators because they're just a bit of an eyesore. You, you just tend to... Cover them cover them or hang your towel on them and we have tail rods in the bathrooms and you know that's a godsend for for you know drying the old tail but um yeah it's nice i still wouldn't walk around barefoot now because the tiles are a bit cold but really? the laminate it's it's not too bad on the laminate but then again like since we've moved in like we moved in on the first of august so we haven't exactly had cold weather so yeah. i don't think the heating has actually been on too much but Hopefully it'll be nice and cosy in the winter, but um. Well, when I arrived, one of the main things I loved about the house, yeah, outside of the beautiful door, okay, key button right there. <laughs> I was blown away by your gold tap. Oh yeah. <laughs> what type of tap is that? It's a quaker tap, I think that's how you pronounce it. So it's a boiling water tap. Oh, yes. So it's like a, it was like a three in one, like boiling water, filtered water, and then just your normal and I presume hot it's, and cold. It's, it's not easy to make that mistake, you know, you don't want to be coming in the middle of the night no, and a glass of water. No, 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 because my, my, my dad came over yesterday and like, obviously he's seen me use it, but he was like, now, he said, is there a child lock on this? <laughs> it's like um, a cow Paul lid. You I have know. to squeeze it a certain way. But do you know, it's, it's not, it, it's not um, unlike that because you kind of have to push it down, push the button down twice and then turn it for the boiling water to come out. So, you know, but it's in fairness, the, not unlike the Calpol did. Absolutely, but in fairness, the, the island itself and the kitchen itself, it is a fabulous focal point, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the tap looks really well and obviously the finishes on, the presses kind of meet in with the design and it's really well thought out. Yeah. Look at this beautiful view. Okay. There is an unfinished thing oh, we yeah. need to talk about. Yeah. So how green-fingered are you? Uh, not very at all. So what's the plan? Are you going to get Shane out there uh, or is there a plan? No, he's probably worse than me. Is, oh, no. <laughs> Good countryman like himself. I know, I know. You wouldn't think it. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be next year's project. Really? And we'll have to just... And do you have any ideas? No, I think we'll get a garden design. But like, you know, you can see the garden isn't too big. So we might just put a... Well, plan for a shed down the back, have a little bit of grass. We already have our yeah. patio and then we're, we're away. Barbecue weather. Barbecue, yeah, exactly, yeah. Looking back over your journey, you know, and this podcast will be very informative and it's really shaped and told the story of yourself and Shane's journey. And Would you have any advice to anybody who's listening in, who's sitting there and they're looking at the prices of houses going up and obviously the land goes up relative to it, but they might be yeah. in a position, a lucky position, fortunate position to be you know, have a bit of land either family, any advice that you'd give people after your own learnings from what you and Shane have gone through? Maybe build a little bit further away from your parents. <laughs> no, but, um, no, seriously, like, though, if you if you do have the land and, you know, you have the means to, to build, I would definitely recommend it. Like, like I said, we were a bit restricted in what we could do with our house, but if you have a greenfield site, um, and you know you have the freedom to do what you want like this um, did you um 
Learn anything about yourself as a person because they say one of the biggest things you can do is move house. No one, but maybe maybe you'll you want to share um, with us something. No, I don't think so. I th- like, I think I already knew this, but I'm very impatient, and the bill probably didn't help that. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, like I said, with our planning process and everything being so long, and then you know we got our final planning grant in I think it was June 2019 yeah. and we didn't start building until a year later wow. you know that required a lot of yeah, patience yeah a lot a lot of patience yeah which I didn't really have but like it's you know that's just now we could have gone to tender quicker but like I changed job and you know I had to do six month probation and things like that so it was just kind of all life. Un, un, yeah life unforeseen stuff yeah. so yeah there's not really much we could have done about it and look we finished at the right time because as you mentioned earlier because of prices um covid and brexit everything like we we weren't hit by any of that thankfully because obviously our tender price was was fixed from from the start so we're we're very lucky and looking back over the long process you said you started going for architect 2017 yeah what's the biggest memory or the moment memory that stays with you most over the last what four years now i think like the biggest thing it's probably just moving into the house like and having our own space again as i said we did rent for two years you know in between all of this yeah. obviously you know yourself once once you're out you don't want to go back <laughs> no you don't and you know what luckily enough you were here now yeah finished or more or less finished a bit of bits and pieces bits to do pieces, a little yeah. bit of projects to do but yeah. you're in the kettle works or the tap works. There's no kettle, and you know what? I would recommend anybody go and check out uh, uh, Conversion to College on Instagram. Uh, Laura, you've been a delight to have on the first episode of the Big Nose Podcast. Thanks for I wish you me. and Shane the very best into the future, and I look forward to toasting you when you have uh, your housewarming party soon. Thanks very much, Pierce. Thanks for joining us on the Big Nose Podcast. It was great to have you with us this week. We release every Wednesday where you get your podcast normally. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at the Big Nose Podcast. I'll chat to you next week when I have another guest just as interesting as Laura. Take care.